2: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello there, I'm
3: Danny Kelly and you're listening to the TalkSport Daily podcast. Coming up on the pod today, we've got Ashley Young speaking exclusively on the TalkSport Network after winning the Milan derby with Inter. An Everton legend has some words of advice for Jordan Pickford and there are some home truths for Leeds United from Jamie O'Hara. But we start on the Jim White show. And this is our very own Danny Murphy saying that Bobby Firmino is a unique player, but is replaceable.
4: Firmino is a beautiful kind of complement for the Liverpool system and the way the two wingers play. And as a three, they're, they're tremendous, aren't they? Brilliant, what they've achieved. But if you were to say... No one's like Firmino. He's quite, he's quite exceptional yes. and unique. Yeah, but and he's a wonderful player. But if he was to leave, a bit like when Kenny Dalglish, uh, Kevin Keegan left, no, and who's going to replace him? Kenny mm. Dalglish came in. Yeah. Suarez left. Oh my God, who's going to replace him? And then you, you know, you've got Mo Salamane and Firmino now. Firmino's well loved as Suarez was, but Rush left. Aldridge came in and scored loads of goals. It's football does move on if someone leaves yeah. is he replaceable yes anybody is but yeah. he would change the dynamic but if Liverpool were to lose Firmino and then go and get Mbappe would that be a more scary front three would he compliment the other two as much it's a debate nobody can give me a fact Mbappe Mane and an Salah example. can you imagine it though? I think if Mbappe was playing up front with Mane and Salah that would be more scary than, <laughs> the, than playing with Firmino Salah and Mane in, in, but that's just me I'm not belittling what Firmino's done I think he's a wonderful footballer <laughs>
3: This is Drive Now and Adam Catterall in for Adrian Durham and Darren Bent responding to Danny's extraordinary claim about the Liverpool centre forward. As an
5: attacking force, just the way that he is so aware of where he is on the pitch and where he is, and aware of where his teammates are on the pitch, and he can find them and he can score. He's just unbelievable, that lad. Yeah, listen, he's, he's, he's fantastic at what he does and holding up the, the
6: ball and bringing others into play. Listen, he, he's up there with the very best. And I said earlier that I feel that he sacrificed part of his goal-scoring ability because, obviously, for the good of the team. Yeah. Where dropping deeper, pick, taking up positions where he you knows he can't score from, but he knows by him moving into that position, that will leave space for Salah and mine and these guys to flourish and get their goals. So for me, listen, he's a, he's a top, top player for me. And I mean, I, I I highly rate him. And listen, as far as centre-forwards go, in the or even the Premier League, like I'm sure a lot of people would probably say Aguero is better than him, Kane, Aubameyang, these guys, mm-hmm. they, because they score more goals yeah, yeah. than him. But if you ask, if you took any one of them three and tried to put them into that Liverpool team, would they still have the same effect? I don't think so. Yeah, they might score a lot. But as far as that front three working in tandem and mm-hmm. I mean him
5: being the glue that holds it all together, I don't think they'd be as good. The way that you played, mm-hmm. how, how much would you have loved? I know it's a different system. But how much would you have loved to have been in a team with him, just playing behind you, just picking you up? You're on the shoulder, it puts it on a sixpence for you.
6: Listen, I'd love it because I know I can make the run and the ball's coming. But on the flip side of it, I know Mane and Salah would have hated playing with me because I, I didn't really want to hold the ball up and bring it up into play. You I could, wanted their I space. Do it. I wanted the space that they yeah, weren't yeah, running yeah. to, so I wanted to just get on the shoulder and run in behind. And in some regards, that would make Liverpool stutter because they'd have no platform to play off. Henderson would have no one to bounce the ball off before they clipped that one over the top for Salah and Mane. So as I said, for Firmino, he does a lot of the unselfish stuff so, so well. But you ask any of his teammates, especially the front two, Mane and Salah, they yeah. might absolutely love playing with him because mm. they know once he gets the ball for one he can, he's got a great touch he can secure it he can get hold of it use his body to manipulate the ball turn on the half turn and slide people through but they know that he drops deeper and centre-offs don't really want to go into that area because they know the moment they step out of position you've got Salah who's a flying machine yeah. and Mane running in behind him and they're never going to catch him
5: yeah absolutely and it's no surprise obviously you'll see on social media right now if you're checking it out uh, that we're uh, hearing that Bayern Munich are interested in obviously purchasing him. 75 million right is the, uh, the rumoured fee it's not enough if you want to buy Roberto Firmino, you, you you're going to have to double that. He's a he's a hundred and fifty million pound player. Do I'm what, telling you. I,
6: do you know what? I, I said last week. I think it was when I spoke about selling Salah. It can only sell him for one of the superstars like Mbappe. Yes. Or I like Jaden Sancho as well. But I can understand people saying that more Mbappe. Now, would Liverpool maybe sell um, Firmino for hundred and fifty if there was a chance they can go and get Mbappe? you'd have to think about that because obviously you talk about Mbappe's age you have to that, that dynamic that speed how good he is you'd have to think about it but for what
5: Liverpool do I wouldn't right sell now- him I would not sell Firmino the other two you can you can justify like you just said Sancho could come in and, and do the job that Salah does for Mbappe- example Mbappe can do that as well absolutely who can do the Firmino job mm. nobody can do it yeah, listen, and I, listen I agree with
6: you because as I said holding the ball up is key they don't need to see when the Liverpool midfielders get the ball they don't need to see three of their attackers running the other way and they've got no one to bounce the ball off but for me, now, as I said he sacrifices so much for that team but he understands and he's understood from quite a while ago that in order for us to be successful and be the best we can be I'm have to sacrifice part of my goal scoring game which I'm, I'm able to do
3: Over to breakfast now with Max Rushton and Jamie O'Hara and this is Alan Stubbs saying that Jordan Pickford's comments weren't very well timed seeing as Everton won the game against Crystal Palace at the weekend.
7: Probably the way that Jordan's come out and he's probably had a goer. People to say oh we get more criticism because we play for England when we're there everything's great when we come back everyone wants to slaughter us and, and, and things like that. You know there's a time and a place for everything and, and probably the time and the place probably wasn't Saturday after he'd just made a mistake for, for coming out with a with a yes. moment like this. He's done okay this season but it hasn't been a, a great season, you know, from him. He has made a you know, a couple of mistakes. The eyes are on him now. I think there's a few people starting to, you know, ask questions. He had a real purple period, um and he's obviously still England's number one. But um, you know, he has made a couple of mistakes this season that have led to goals. You know, a rubbish goalkeeper. England's number one. Let's you know. Let's let's be honest about it. You know, I think there's a lot of you know. Probably after the game, he's come out and he's he knows that probably people are are, are looking at him. It, there's a, probably a bit of frustration in terms of his comments after the game. Um, you know, but he's he's not a he's not a bad goalkeeper. You know, he's he has obviously made a couple of mistakes this season. You know, but I can count them on probably on one hand. Yeah. You know, but on the other, on the other, you know, six or seven hands, I can I can talk about the quality save that that he's made. So, as a keeper, you know, you're the last line of defence. You know, if you make a mistake, obviously you've got no one else to help you. Um, he's a confident boy. You know, he he portrays confidence. You know, you can see that the way, the way he handles the ball. He's got a he's got a, a swagger about him. You know, but sometimes when when you make a mistake, you know, then you be you you, you can become ridiculed because of sometimes people portray that, that swagger as arrogant. Yeah. and look at it that way.
3: And this is a radio exclusive now on Jim White and Natalie Sawyer's show, and this is Ashley Young on playing in the Milan Derby. He says one of his career highlights.
1: I think it was an incredible feeling like you can see the way that we celebrated after the game uh, but it just showed the character and strength in depth that we've got uh, when you go 2-0 down in a derby like that to, to come back and win those games it shows the character that we've got it's, it's, it's unbelievable it's an unbelievable experience
5: I mean Ashley you've got so much experience we've watched you at the top level for years but that's got to be up there hasn't it
1: yeah it definitely is um, you know I, I come here to, to play football and, and win games and when you come in winning the uh, Milan Derby in the way that we did, it's just a, an incredible feeling, and I don't think it gets any better than that.
5: What about Lukaku? He, he, he was magnificent, and even Christian Eriksen when he came on.
1: Yeah, of course, everyone was. Um, you know, it was a, it's a team game. Everyone
5: needs to be ready
1: when uh, when you're called upon, and everyone was yesterday. And um, like I say, it's just an unbelievable feeling.
5: Ashley, is there a thought you could win the the, the league? You could win the Scudetto outright. You know, we'll take each game as
1: it comes, Jim. Uh, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Um, like I said, but we'll take each game as it comes and, and, and we'll see what happens coming into the season.
5: Does, does it seem strange, Ashley, pulling on an Inter Milan shirt now after so many years with United? No, it's not strange at all. Um, I wanted a new challenge.
1: Um, I've got that new, new challenge. And, you know, I'm loving every minute of, of uh, my time out here. Um like I say, yesterday was an unbelievable feeling, and um, I'm just delighted that we got the, the three points.
3: Back to breakfast now, and this is Jamie O'Hara with a story about forgetting his shorts—not at school, but as a professional player.
8: I remember um, being on the bench. I think it was at Portsmouth. I can't remember who we was playing against, and I, I was coming back from injury, um, and I sat down on the on the bench, and, and I've warmed up in my tracksuit bottoms, right gone back in and obviously <laughs> gone out quickly. Sat down on the bench and I think someone got injured uh, and I think it was Avram Grant and he said, right, come on, Jane, you're on, they need you. So I've gone, I've, I've, I've not really warmed up, so I've jumped up, you know, got myself, got my shirt on, took my tracksuit bottoms off and I got no shorts on <laughs> and I've gone... It wasn't like PE, they don't just send you on and <laughs> <Best in> pants. <laughs> no. That's what they should have done. So I've gone... gaff i've got no shorts so i've so i've i've I've, I've whipped them off the bottoms and then i've gone to the the kit man i was like i've got no shorts so um he's had to get out you know like the you have the spare sort of the the blood shorts if someone
9: like the spare trousers at primary school for the one who gets himself
8: (laughs) like that so i've had to stick uh the quickly just jump on the 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 shorts and then and and then run on but uh, you know i remember i mean just Taking the, the trousers off and him looking at me, going, he's
3: got no, sh- he's got no shorts on. This is the mighty press box now with myself, Danny Kelly, uh, Simon Jordan, Sean Custis, and Mark Ogden talking football, which is what we do every Monday night from seven o'clock. It's award-winning. The Getting West Ham fans is critical, but I don't think the West Ham squad of players get West Ham either now. Mark Noble does, clearly. No. One or two others... Um, and I'm not going to play the cheap card of the mercenaries and all the rest of it, but they don't... Uh, why would they? They're 22 years of age. Why would they know and care about West Ham's traditions and background and what it is that even the teenage West Ham fans have been inculcated by their grandfathers and fathers? They, they, yeah. they, it's, it's, it's all lost on them, isn't it? And
0: also... West Ham have got a big advantage in that the a London club. They can attract players that maybe clubs in the north couldn't get Newcastle, for instance. you know. Sorry, Sean, but you know what I mean. Hey, Danny Rose <laughs> but, looks up north. But the problem but is... up north, Because
3: you get decent chippy. <laughs> yeah. you, you may have a decent player. There is a decent player inside that lad, yeah. by the way.
0: They're get, they're he's get... the most
3: talkative football in the world now, isn't he? He can't be really <laughs> shut yeah.
0: up. West Ham are going to get the players that... Arsenal, Chelsea or Tottenham they didn't want or you know, a cast off so they're not going to get the best players so they're going to get the, the second or th- I mean
4: but is this any sorry is this any different to say 2003 when they went down but there was with still- a squad of players who, who went on to play but, for England and everybody moved, said that's the most talented squad so they're in a different ground now, but same same West Ham mm.
0: to me. This is a. They were a sold the squad
4: players that should be. Halfway they, were, they, up the they, they
0: were sold a vision, which was wrong about. We can be with the biggest club in London. We can be in the Champions League, and it it just wasn't going to happen straight away. It might happen in ten years' time because they've got. They big, weren't, big, big weren't of around. Base. They weren't around. Golden no. Sullivan. That when they went down the two thousand three.
4: In fact, they went down at but, Birmingham. I, I the yeah, that, and they, they
5: hated Terry Brown, who was the West Ham chairman. He wasn't putting the money, in they thought we should do. But, I believe that a certain segment of the fans didn't like Magnusson because he didn't have enough money and was running them into financial circumstances. Mind you, he
4: certainly did in the end. You look,
5: yeah, he did. But if you look at West Ham, who signs Jack Wilshere? West Ham. Absolutely. You look at those kind of decision-making
3: processes and you think, what's going on behind that thinking? Can I ask well, you a question, absolutely. Mark? And I, I know you come down here a lot to, to report on the big games of Chelsea and Arsenal, etc. But again, just because you do happen to live in the north, mm. um, something that Sean has long since uh, refused to do... Um, uh, uh, our disappointment. What does West Ham look like from the north? I mean, down here in London, we treat yeah. them uh, with... And of course, a lot of West Ham supporters work in the media. What does it look like from the north?
0: West Ham just look like a club that... I mean, they're not in Everton, they're not in Aston Villa. They're, they're a club that never do anything. They're a, club, they're a London club that never win anything never be, never actually get any results up north because, you know, Liverpool, Man United, City... West Ham, as a northerner, are a kind of... Pff, whatever. They get more the, common issues than do. This is what, the, this the, this the, is the, is what I wanted really. to find out. They're as relevant as Southampton. In Manchester, they as relevant as Southampton and... Saints fans, sorry about that. Well,
5: so, yeah, <laughs> don't but, say Crystal Palace you yourself. you're going next say Crystal,
0: Crystal next, Palace. <sighs> probably a bit more relevant than Crystal Palace. But, <laughs> but West, West Ham... Are, 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 a club that people in the north think well what's the big deal and you're right about the 1966 thing I mean that's just ridiculous now yeah, and that's just a going bit, on a yeah. bit. It's, um, and they are basically they remembered in the north for stopping Man United win the league in 1995 that's basically <laughs> it and what, really did, what, did, what
3: did Alex Ferguson describe their effort as? It was um, obscene Obscene Yeah that was, that was the time did. before that
0: twice in two or three years yeah. I think but anyway that's going back over old years
3: Okay I just asked you that question because I'm really interested because we, we are that's down nice. here in the London bubble where West Ham very important issue no, right? That's I true
4: I, I, we do feel in the media we do know that they get more column inches than, than, than is warranted, actually. It, it, sure. And it is, as you alluded to before, a lot of time because so many media people are West Ham fans, There's no yeah. doubt about it.
8: This is TalkSport Daily and I'm Laura Woods.
3: Once again, back to breakfast now. Once again, Jamie O'Hara, this time talking about Leeds United
8: and the problem is it gets to this stage of the season every season where they're flying and because they're so big and everyone's expected Leeds got to do it this year they got to do it they feel the pressure and when you start feeling that pressure all of a sudden your performances change so the manager has got, to, has got to take the pressure away from them and get them back playing and enjoying it where they was at the start of the season and forget about what's gone on in the last because it's gone now mm. and, and they've been on a bad run so they've got to get back to what they were doing because at the end of the day they were walking it so that they've got the team and they've got the players. Because I think a lot of people who only watch the
9: Premier League will have seen, or you know, the top division will have seen that FA Cup game where they, they basically battered Arsenal for 45 minutes. Yeah. And it might be a microcosm of their season that, that they didn't win that game because you looked at that and you thought, wow, this, this yeah, is something. But that's where the pressure is off them. There's right. no pressure sure. on them to yeah. play
8: Arsenal because they're not expected to get anything out of the game. The problem is is they're playing with intense pressure right now because everyone's expecting leads to win and get promoted and when you come under that pressure when you're up there and, and you start and you have a bad run of form it's really it becomes really difficult because everyone starts feeling it in the crowd so they've and and the championship's not easy you know there's so many good teams. So they've got, they've got the manager has got to take that pressure off them and find a way to get results and get them playing with freedom again. Because at the moment they look like a team who are playing under intense, uh, you know, under intense pressure and they're struggling.
3: And now over to those radio legends, Hawksby and Jacobs. This is them doing what they do best on the wireless in the afternoon.
9: Talk about. Uh, insult to injury, did you see that uh, Shrewsbury were charged uh, half of the VAR fee from their FA Cup game against Liverpool? Really? That's the standard thing. It's not the sort of thing where you say, oh, Liverpool could have picked up the tab. They have no control. The FA set the rules and the rules are that both teams involved in a game will pick up the tab uh, for uh, the you, use of VAR. are actually paying for Stockley Park tell you, tell you, what they came uh, up. How it. much do you think a half share in, in running the VAR at Anfield was the other night? What well, well, do you, you think? That it was deducted from Shrewsbury's well, fee for the game. Graham Scott, I don't know if it was him, but say you've got What's Graham's, Graham charge? He's, not, Graham. he's won't get out of bed for less than two grand Graham, <laughs> Graham, <really. laughs> Graham's. Another two grand. I reckon Graham's—he's probably a five hundred quidder. <laughs> you didn't even you get Graham Scott for five. He wouldn't do a kids' party for five hundred quid. Good job you're not his agent. Get me a better agent. Andy Jacobs is rubbish. Although you wouldn't—if you had kids' party, you wouldn't order. You wouldn't get a, a assistant referee or referee Graham no. Scott to come down and say, "Hello, kids, it's me, referee Graham Scott. Your may have seen me." Uh, do your card, do the thing with a mm. card. Um, no, I'll tell you how much it was, any because you'll never guess. Uh, they deducted £9,251 from uh, Shrewsbury's money for the Anfield replay and they're not happy about it um, you know it's so, it, it, they were sawn off by it anyway it shouldn't have yeah. been involved in the tournament uh, Brian Caldwell the chief exec said I've been in touch with the FA to give our opinion I can't get my head around how it can be used in some games in the FA Cup and not in others well, yet he clubs point, he? have to pay for the privilege I think he has got a point hasn't oh, it? it's bad isn't it congratulations on to Dean Lewington he played his 648th yeah, yeah. league appearance for Milton Keynes uh, it's incredible Put, took him into the top 10 the Times told us today for the most league games played for one club mm. passing John Moderna Dermot 647 I think the record holder is it is John Trollope actually I always thought it was Jimmy Dickinson who played 764 well that's times. been surpassed isn't it Terry Payne was right up there wasn't he Formula but I think the record holder is John Trollope 770 appearances but Dean Lewington is one of those players that you, 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 when you've been watching football a long time, you think, "Oh, young Dean Livington." Yeah, I couldn't believe he played <laughs> six hundred
4: and forty-eight games. The That's boy incredible. Lewington. But,
9: uh, um, Chris McGuire plays on the wing for mm. Sunderland. Uh, has, has changed. I don't remember Ray Lewington playing. To be yeah, you, you probably do. <laughs> I remember Ray's dad turning out <laughs> as well. But Chris, uh, Chris has changed his diet to become a much better player. And it was in the tabloid uh, speak. This appeared in the Sun. It says mm. Chris has ditched the Big Macs. And now the lean mean Sunderland winger wants to tuck into the uh, top two promotion slots. Uh, boss Phil Parkinson demanded he <laughs> shed some timber after he was snapped feasting in a McDonald's restaurant. <laughs> really? You don't really feast, is it? It's not, not like really. it's not like a Tudor banquet, is it? McDonald's. I mean, you get more go, Big Macs. You go <laughs> call for another platter of. But you know, it's, you don't really feast in McDonald's, do you? Not not in the true not nuggets. in the true. Don't come out with the old cloche, do they? No, I don't think so. Yeah.
3: Well, there it is. You've been listening to the TalkSport Daily Podcast. Don't forget you can download this podcast via Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the rest of it. Don't forget tonight from 7 o'clock, it's a massive game in the Championship between Brentford and Leeds. It couldn't be bigger and it's exclusive over on TalkSport 2. There'll be another one of these coming on at the same time tomorrow. Until then, keep safe.
5: That was a podcast from TalkSport.